Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. The Trump University Fraudulent School for Fraudulent Tax Returns, where the declared value of his assets are the only thing less realistic than his hair color. The non-disclosure law firm of Mary Trump and Stormy Daniels, because when you try to fuck your niece the same way you tried to fuck the porn star you fucked, they can legally come back to fuck you. And the Trump family dynamic. When more non-disclosure agreements are passed around the Thanksgiving table than side dishes, something went wrong. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices like Trump's tax returns. Can't stay quiet forever. Our top story this week... Last month, the country band formerly known as Lady Antebellum formally changed their name to Lady A. The band said they changed the name because of the racist connotations of the word antebellum, which is most often associated with slavery. But the A in Lady A still stands for antebellum. So all they really did was replace the racist association with an abbreviation of the same association. Barely Audible Whisper sent a reporter to cover their dumb press conference. We would like to announce that we've decided to change our band name after much soul-searching and deliberation. And Googling the word antebellum. We realize that the word antebellum is associated with slavery. And then we Googled slavery, and slavery sounds like it was bad. So we're changing our name from Lady Antebellum to Lady A after much soul-searching and deliberation. And not bothering to check if anyone else is already using the name Lady A. So you're no longer going to be called Lady Antebellum because you finally realized that the word antebellum has racist connotations associated with slavery. But your solution is to change your name to Lady A, even though the A stands for antebellum? Yeah, we're pretty proud of how enlightened we are. Mm Mm-hmm. But if the A still stands for antebellum and antebellum still stands for slavery, then your name still stands for slavery. No, but like, slavery was bad. But you didn't really change anything. We changed our band name from the racist thing to the first letter of the racist thing that still stands for the racist thing. Yeah, we stopped saying the racist thing, and now we just imply the racist thing by using the first letter of the racist thing. That's called progress. That would be like if the Washington Redskins changed their name to the Washington R's. Progress. Here's the deal. There's way too much important news going on to delve too deeply into how stupid you are. So, like every other reporter, unfortunate enough to have to cover this story, I'm just going to sugarcoat it as some semblance of positive racial progress and move on. I just hope you don't do something even stupider than this already stupid name change to make me have to return to this stupid story. Soul searching and reflecting is hard. Yeah, that's why we don't do it when we write songs. But of course, they did something even stupider and I had to return to this stupid story. Because a band too stupid to realize that changing the offensive word in their title to the initial of the offensive word in their title isn't really a change, is too stupid not to continue to be stupid. My name is Anita White, and I'm a Seattle-based blues singer who's been using the stage name Lady A for more than 20 years. Wait, there's a black woman who already goes by Lady A? 
but like, but like we're Lady A now. So like, if we're Lady A and and she's also Lady A, then that means that means what does that mean? Uh, it means we're like spiritually connected through the mystic harmony of the letter A. It means you can't just steal the stage name I've been busting my ass to make a living under for 20 years just because your dumbasses just realized that the word antebellum is racist. Upon learning that a black woman has been singing the blues for 20 years under the name Lady A, the stupid entitled jackasses formerly known as Lady Antebellum were so stupid entitled that they simply assumed that she would want to collaborate with their talentless white asses. I was thinking, since we just realized racism is a problem, like three weeks ago, um, we could totally solve the problem by collaborating on a song together. No, because I sing the blues, and y'all whine about the petty-ass not-really-problems of overprivilege. But we're, like, totally destined by the mystical powers of the first letter in the alphabet to finally end the racism that has plagued us for almost three whole weeks. So you'll collaborate with us? No. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with that word. Oh, it, it must be black slang or something. I can't wait to look less racist by working with her. Let's send out a press release announcing our collaboration. After a brief Zoom meeting between the actual Lady A and the jackasses formerly known as Lady Antebellum, in which the actual Lady A maintains that she never agreed to a collaborative project, the jackasses announced a collaboration. I never agreed to work with them, and I sure as hell never agreed to let them use my name. That, like, isn't fair, and it's especially not fair because when we figured out that racism was a thing three weeks ago, we didn't think racism would be unfair. Yeah, and what black people don't seem to grasp about the plight of white people who just realize that racism is a problem is that it's totally unfair to us when they won't do exactly what we want. And then, the jackasses formerly known as Lady Antebellum did the most antebellum thing possible. They sued me for the right to use my name. Black people shouldn't be allowed to not let us be not racist by not letting us use the not racist name we changed our racism name to. We did our part. We changed. Yeah. If by changed, you mean you substituted the racist name Antebellum for the letter A, which still stands for Antebellum, then in true antebellum fashion, you attempted to compel me to work for you against my will. And then evoking the only American form of racism older than antebellum, you called upon the power of the federal government to steal what you want from the person of color who already owns it. Progress. At a press conference announcing the Trump administration's reckless demand for schools to reopen without any plan for making such a reopening safe, Education Secretary and Living Proof that Living in a Bubble Deprives the Brain of Oxygen, Betsy DeVos, compared the risks children face by returning to school to the risks astronauts take on a space mission. To highlight exactly how stupid that is, 
barely out of a whisper, constructed a scenario in which astronauts were sent on a space mission that was as poorly planned as President Trump's reopening strategy. Houston, we have a problem. Big news, Spacely Sprockets. Houston has no problems. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. The fact that the city with the largest hospital capacity in the country has a hospital bed shortage is because we're doing such a great job at testing. Because when you do more testing, more people have to go to the hospital because they have to put the swab way up in the nose, which causes owies. We're supposed to fly a space mission in a rocket ship, but there's no ship on the platform. That's because the governors, each individual governor and astronaut has to be responsible for their own rocket ships because federalism. Uh, don't worry, Captain. I anticipated this problem. When I found out the president was in charge of this mission, I crowdsourced funding for a spaceship. I got the idea from teachers who have to purchase classroom supplies out of their own pocket. I spent six billion dollars on 16 miles of wall. <laughs> Our spaceship has a gaping hole in the roof. Fake news, Major Tom to ground control. It's a convertible. Captain, according to our navigation system, we have no set coordinates for any set I destination. These diagnostic readouts are all over the place. First it says there's no problem. Then it says the problem will just disappear like a miracle. And then it says there was a problem, but we solved the problem. And now it's just saying China's fault and Democrat hoax over and over and over and over again. Um, there's a Make America Great Again hat where the fire extinguisher is supposed to be. And all of the manuals have been replaced by copies of The Art of the Deal and Bibles that have clearly never been read. I'm afraid we cannot safely proceed with this mission. Fake news, Mork from Ork. You have to go to space because we have to open space back up again. Because otherwise, space will be closed. And if space is closed, then you hate children. The current conditions are simply too dangerous. But I want to go to space right now. Right now. And the other countries can go to space now. It isn't fair. I want to hold my breath. The other countries can go to space right now because they figured out how to create safe conditions for going to space. Captain, according to these maps, the Earth is flat. Also, our main fuel source appears to be hydroxychloroquine? And bleach. I cannot proceed with no way to steer a broken vessel on a mission with no plans for arriving at an unspecified destination that abandons every known safety measure and has no chance of success. Fake news, God. I have to abort this mission. Don't say abort. My base hates that word. Captain, our emergency oxygen masks have been replaced with a note that just says, masks make you look weak. Weak is misspelled in all caps for no reason. 
if you don't go into space right now, I will cut off all of your federal funding. So you're saying going to space is so important, it's worth the almost certain death of many astronauts, while responding to the idea that we should wait until it's safe to return to space by threatening to eliminate the entire space program you just argued was so essential it was worth risking lives? I hereby declare that you blast off immediately. Ten, niner, Y, six, four, uh, B flat, nine, seven, four, two, three, blast off. Houston, we have left. Well, those Democrat astronauts blew themselves up just to make me look bad. Georgia Senator and co-owner of the WNBA team, the Atlanta Dream, Kelly Loeffler, is in danger of losing one of her jobs as part of a desperate effort to save her other job. Loeffler was appointed to the Senate by Georgia's Republican governor and George Wallace throwback Brian Kemp in December and is currently running for re-election in a four-way race. Because there are two Democrats and two Republicans running in this November special election, it is likely that there will end up being a runoff between the top Democrat and the top Republican. So the first step to saving her Senate seat is to fare better than her Republican opponent, Doug Collins, whose insane homespun political theater as the ranking Republican on the Judiciary Committee you might remember from President Trump's impeachment hearings. You ain't got no evidence on account of evidence is like a flapjack. The more you cover it and sew it up, the more it sticks to your plate. You can't impeach a president just because he went to a hole down in Ukraine and did a little dosey do Giuliani because when you hold down at the barn dance, you swing your partner and skip to my new hit house. <laughs> I like that guy. He's funny. As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman because we hear he still hates that. He reminds me of a cross between Foghorn Leghorn and a Dukes of Hazard character. He should be a senator. In fact, President Trump enjoyed Congressman Collins' insane performance so much. Skiddle diddle doo da diddle Grits in a banjo pickup truck, mud flaps, Waffle House. President Trump is innocent. Robin in Lynn, Dixie. That he intensively lobbied Georgia's Republican governor and reason the Voting Rights Act desperately needs to be reinstated, Brian Kemp, to appoint Collins to Georgia's vacated Senate seat. Governor Kemp, you have to appoint the skiddly dee doo da mudflaps, Dukes of Hazard, banjo grits, yee-haw, land guy to the Senate. But for reasons that were never made clear, but were most certainly corrupt, Governor Kemp chose instead to appoint Kelly Loeffler, who you may remember from dumping $18 million worth of stock right before the market crash due to coronavirus. We're in the money. Yes, I dumped $18 million worth of stock just before the market crash due to coronavirus. And yes, 
I also bought a bunch of stock in teleconferencing companies just before the entire white collar economy switched to teleconferencing due to coronavirus. Yes, I was briefed about coronavirus right before I made all of those transactions, but I'm not guilty of insider trading because insider trading is impossible to prove. This leaves Loeffler in a political conundrum. Her biggest political backer is Governor Kemp, who you may remember from the press conference he gave in April, two months after it was common knowledge that COVID could be transmitted through asymptomatic carriers, where he described the fact that COVID could be transmitted through asymptomatic carriers as a, quote, game changer. You might further remember Governor Kemp from when, less than a month after he closed the state because of the game changer about asymptomatic carriers, he became the first governor to reopen his state. There's been another game changer that changes the game even more than the game was already changed by last month's game changer. I hereby declare that I want all of the governors to reopen all of the states. Game changer. Given her own corruption scandal and the fact that her own political benefactor has caved to the whims of President Trump, Loeffler is in no position to run as a principled conservative trying to take the Republican Party back from Donald Trump. Which leaves her no choice but to try and out-Trump this guy. Trump is the greatest thing since Jesus sponsored a NASCAR that runs on ham hock and confederate monuments. That guy is so funny. He's got jokes like Larry the Cable Guy, but abuses his power like Bill Cosby. And since she's the co-owner of a WNBA team, and since the WNBA has decided to take an active role in the Black Lives Matter movement, it would appear as though Loeffler has decided to get herself fired from the WNBA in a desperate effort to hold on to her Senate seat. Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization that is trying to destroy America. Whoo, game changer. As a politician who owns a sports team, I believe that politics has no place in sports. Since making statements critical to both the Black Lives Matter movement and the WNBA's renewed commitment to social justice, sports should unite Americans and not divide us. Which is why I'm calling on the WNBA to denounce political movements I disagree with as Marxist organizations that are trying to destroy America. The commissioner of the WNBA and the WNBA Players Association have called on Loeffler to resign. Loeffler has used the backlash against her racism in truly Trumpian fashion as an opportunity to play the victim. I want to replace the Black Lives Matter logos on the WNBA uniforms with American flags because I love America. And in America, no professional sports organizations can silence freedom of speech. Which differs from what conservatives like Loeffler said when the NFL banned its players from kneeling during the national anthem. The NFL is a private business, and private businesses have the right to make any rules that they want. 2020 has been a difficult year for all of us. And Kelly Loeffler will never get the prison time she deserves. But with a little luck, the silver lining in this horrible times is that we might get to watch this bitch get fired from both her jobs at the same time. And as Georgia voters, we hope she makes it to the runoff just so we can vote against her twice. Yeah. I don't like her very much. I don't know if I've made that clear. No. 
Secretary of Education and White Privilege multiplied by political privilege to the wealth power, Betsy DeVos, announced that schools will reopen in August despite the fact that America's COVID infection rate is breaking new records every day. The announcement by Secretary DeVos was remarkable, both for its callous stupidity and for the fact that she was able to find the briefing room all by herself. Barely Audible Whisper obtained audio of the White House Coronavirus Task Force meeting where DeVos unveiled her plan. As the Vice President of the United States of Trump's penis, I mean America, and the giving Trump head, I mean head of the Coronavirus Task Force, it is my honor at the behest of the one true God, President Trump, to welcome Betsy DeVos to explain President Trump's divine plan. I mean penis. No, wait, I meant plan. We are going to reopen the schools. Excuse me, Mrs. DeVos, you seem to be facing the wrong direction and stuck in the corner again. Oh. Let me just turn you around. Oh. Don't go over to her and, and physically turn her around. Neither one of you are wearing masks. My mother did not raise me to be some radical feminist, Dr. Fauci. I've worn my double mask belt every day since I was born. A mask is not the same as a bra. Now that you're facing the proper direction, Betsy, why don't you repeat what you said earlier? Sorry about that. I usually have a servant who makes sure I'm facing the right direction, but he claims to have something COVID the 19th, so I told my servant shooting servant to shoot him. I don't know what's about to happen, but whatever it is, it's going to be really stupid. It's time to hide under the desk to avoid giving my opinion again. Anyway, like I was just saying to the corner of the room, we're reopening all of the schools in August. That's an admirably ambitious goal. What are your plans for- I'm sorry, paloons? I'm not familiar with such a word. You know, a plan? Like a strategy? Star- Stargagag- Stargagagagi? In order to responsibly reopen schools, we would first have to drastically lower the current infection curve and devise coherent practical guidelines for safely operating. This insistence on plans and strategies is exactly why you are no longer welcome at our press conferences. May I remind you that you serve at the pleasure of the president. I mean, wait, pleasure of the president is the right term. But, oh, it sounds so wrong. I'd better hide under the desk. We have been over this, Mr. Vice President. If you're going to insist on hiding under this cramped desk while I'm hiding under this cramped desk, then you need to wear a mask. What have I told you about mask rhetoric, Dr. Burks? <sighs> I mean, it's your choice as an individual to hide under a cramped desk while not wearing a mask, because wearing a mask makes hiding under the desk look weak. That's right. Never forget that you also serve at the pleasure of the president. Ew. Oh no, I said it again. I'm a bad boy. Hmm. I'm a bad boy. Ew. I'm a bad boy. Stop it. 
I'm merely suggesting that sending children to sit in crowded indoor classrooms at the apex of a rapidly rising infectious disease outbreak is not safe. So, you're opposed to the idea of sending our children to school. Why do you hate children? Nobody opposes the concept of school. I'm just saying that sending children to school before it's safe would not be responsible. Responsible? Don't worry about him, Betsy. Cherry-picking witchcraft, I mean science, is what Dr. Burks is for. Um, we could spread the desks apart and maybe tell the children to stay six feet apart at all times. You expect children as young as five to self-impose rigorous social distancing behaviors that have proven too difficult for Republican adults? We could spray the children with Lysol and encourage them to hold their breath. When I was a bad boy, my parents disinfected me and deprived my breath, and look how not at all gay I turned out. Get off my scarf. Also, it is possible, no matter how unlikely that the children will be fine given that we live in an infinite universe with infinite possibilities. <gasps> That's blasphemy. But blasphemy that serves Trump's divine penis, I mean purpose, can't really be blasphemy, can it? I hate ambiguity. I'm a bad boy. Hmm. I'm a bad boy. Yeah. I'm a bad boy. <gasps> we can't completely disprove the theory that there exists an alternative universe where reopening the schools is a good idea. Nor can we completely disprove a space-time crossover between our universe and that universe in which it becomes a good idea in this universe. Why can't we simply explain to the children that if they get the Kuvoodoo the 19th, it is because God has singled them out for punishment? Oh, Betsy. When you say things like that, it makes me so hot, I almost forget you have a gross vagina. Oh. I mean, I agree. I'm not gay. I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad boy. Pence, take Dr. Burks's scarf off. It brings up my eyes. <laughs> New reporting shows that tax-exempt religious organizations, including Trump-supporting megachurches that have actively ignored social distancing guidelines, received $7.3 billion in federal PPP money that was intended to help small businesses survive the COVID-19 crisis. The Catholic Church, which is arguably the wealthiest institution in the history of the world, received $3.5 billion in PPP money, making the Catholic Church the single largest beneficiary by far of coronavirus relief money. 
But it gets worse because many of the Catholic dioceses that received PPP money were in financial trouble before COVID due to multi-million dollar settlements they were forced to pay for covering up the sexual abuse of little boys by priests. Which means not only did the uber-wealthy, tax-exempt Catholic Church steal $3.5 billion in aid money intended to help the vulnerable, they used millions of those taxpayer dollars to pay for decades of sexual abuse. For more on this story, we turn to our religion correspondent and old-school Irish Catholic priest, Father Murphy McMurphy. Good morning to you. I'm Father Murphy McMurphy, and yes, this is every bit as bad as it seems. Give all your money to God by giving it to me, and God will reward you with even more money to give to him by giving it to me. That was President Trump's spiritual advisor and prosperity gospel con artist Paula White, and her immensely profitable non-profit megachurch received millions of dollars in PPP money as well. For Jesus said, Give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, which does not include me having to pay taxes unto Caesar, and I will take back from Caesar that which I did not pay unto Caesar, because Caesar sounds like seize, and I shall seize from Caesar that which was intended to keep a bodega open. Paula White is perhaps best known for being the most notoriously silly-sounding religious con artist to ever fake speaking in tongues. Barely audible whisper obtained a copy of Paula White's PPP loan application. That's how she responded to every question on the form, even her date of birth. And Paula White wasn't the only sycophantic Trump loyalist preacher to get in on the action. As the pastor of the Hoax Healing Church of COVID Denial and Tightly Congregated Congregations, I need COVID relief money to continue spreading the word like a virus. And spreading the virus like the word. Application approved. I preach the word. And the word is Trump. And Trump in his Trumpness funnels money to build the wall. But cannot an all Trumpiful Trump also funnel money to tear down the wall that separates the church and the state. For just as we need a wall to keep the Mexicans out, we need a wall to keep God in my flow of tax-free income and Application approved. Um, I I'd like some PPP money for my mosque. Application rejected. But alas, the most egregious abuse of wealthy tax-exempt churches taking taxpayer money from a program aimed at protecting the livelihood of the meek, which as you may recall Jesus was rather in favor of, was my own Catholic Church. I'm Sister Mary Catherine Margaret of the Holy Order of Our Lady of Perpetual Opposition to Roe vs. Wade. 
And we need to take money intended to help the poor so that we help the poor in a manner that ensures that the poor remain poor by creating poor children who will grow up poor and create more poor children. But the worst of it remains that multiple Catholic dioceses who received millions of dollars apiece are the very same dioceses that owe millions of dollars in settlements for the sexual abuse of children. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approved this message. Sinful though it may be, her Trump impersonator is a woman because the bastard deserves it. Seriously, I'm going to campaign on this issue because I got my base so fucked up that they can no longer distinguish between stealing from the poor and religious liberty. For barely audible whisper, I'm Father Murphy McMurphy saying... Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people, writer and co-host Dave Baldwin, co-host and actress Molly Brown, actors Daniel Carter Brown, Michael Morgan, Ali Glanick, and Corey Burns. Very special thanks this episode to uh, the actual Lady A, who we reached out to on Twitter, and she was gracious enough to let us use uh, her songs. The blues song that you actually heard in the Lady A blues sketch was uh, a Lady A song called, appropriately, Blues in the Key of Me. And uh, the song that's playing underneath us right now is uh, another one of her songs called Let Me Be Kind. Uh, Please check out our website and go ahead and check out her website and uh, tell all your friends you think we're funny. We appreciate your support. She was kind. Check ignition and may God's love be at a press know. conference announcing the Trump Ooh. <laughs> ah, I had it for a second. Wow. <laughs> Dave and Molly's new podcast. This it's really bad. <laughs> that is hilarious. And we're saying things in a very peculiar way. Hubris.